to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. How's your latte, Kelly? It's delicious. How's your latte? It, it could be better. I, I screwed it up when I added in the extra mm, sweetener. Mine helped with the sweetener. <laughs> Usually these are so good. What kind of latte did you get today? I got Lion's Mane latte. Mm. I'm really loving the caffeine life. You're on a roll. I barely drink caffeine, like maybe once a month. This is one is of those days. Is this a big days. deal for you? Why do you need caffeine? Because you're around me? Because we stayed up so late last night. It was way past my bedtime. Well, I think we both need to take responsibility for that. I know. I said we. <laughs> it wasn't just me. <laughs> I said we stayed up so late last night. <laughs> um, it was good though, right? We need to catch up. Oh, it was great. It was like one of those nights where we just talk for hours and suddenly it's like midnight and you're like, oh shoot. Yeah. Gotta go to bed. Definitely. And we went into that with the intention of uh, triggering me to cry. <laughs> it did not work. It didn't work. We tried for like two hours. I couldn't and cry. And then like finally gave up. Do you feel like you were giving it your best shot though? I feel like I was. <laughs> I was asking deep questions and you were just kind of like, I don't know. But I didn't say I don't know. I with some of the stuff. Yeah. With some of the stuff. I really i mean i think crying is really important it's a really important release and so whenever kelly and i get together i really need her to force me to cry so i get anything out that i might not have gotten out recently yeah it's hard though like last night it just was not happening know, it wasn't happening it's been a lot harder for me to cry in the last couple of years like i literally feel like when i was sick and going through all my crap in college i like mm-hmm. used up all my tears and so now it's like so much harder for them to come right. out. Whereas I used to be able to get myself to cry all the time or I would cry all the time. And now I also just am not an unhappy person as I used that's to be. That's true. It's a, it's a lot easier to cry when you're, you know, depressed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So things you might not know about us, mm-hmm. weird, weird shit we put on our to-do list. <laughs> cry. <laughs> Did not check it off. <laughs> cry Tuesday night. Anyway, so Kelly, what's new? What's going on? You know, just... And that work life, hustling hard. Hustling hard. Starting a business, you know. Yeah. You know how it goes. <laughs> I know, I know. Kelly and I have been having, so we do like monthly work days where we're in person together because Kelly lives like an hour and a half away from me. Yeah, so close, thank God. Yeah. So we have monthly work days where we like to record a podcast and get a lot of shit done. This morning we already got so yeah. much done. We're very productive when we're together. Yeah. And yeah, it's been good. I mean, I think part of what's hard about being an entrepreneur is being by yourself often, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you got to be around people sometimes. So it helps me stay on track when you're, cause we're going to do things today that I just am procrastinating cause I don't want to do, but I know yeah. if you're breathing and over I, my I shoulder, I force you to do it. Yeah. So it's really helpful. So yeah, we're doing that. We spent the morning planning podcast content and, uh, it's crazy how much content you have coming up yeah, for your podcast. It's, it's so exciting. Yeah. It's like, it's so funny because I feel like a lot of people when they get into this space, they're afraid to niche or they're afraid to focus on something. And I, my issue is always, I have too much content. Like I have too much always. content. Like we realized I forgot to add two things in to the schedule. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I can't put this in. More stuff. Yeah. And like, yeah. I'm bo- like booked out till July and that's going to continue. So that's funny when people come in and they're like, why well, there's nothing in the schedule. I can't schedule something. I'm like, well, yeah, we're yeah. just all this content. Yeah. I think that's part of what people don't understand. I mean, there's a lot of misunderstandings about this business, but mm-hmm. people, even just the other day, it was so funny. I started this, I started this class and a guy in the class, he's like, Oh, what's your podcast about? And I told him, he was like, Oh, I'm looking to go on podcasts. Um, do you like, can I be a guest? And I just, <laughs> I was like, I'm actually not booking any guests right now, but like send me 
some examples of your work and I'll, you know, send it to some of my friends and see if they're booking guests. I think a lot of people don't know how to pitch themselves to shows, which actually Mm -hmm. I've been working on a blog post on how to pitch yourself to a podcast. Yeah. Some, cause I, I obviously see that some I get in and I'm like, what, how do you think this would work? Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the big errors (laughs) you've made when people send something that's there's no, you know, like media kit about mm-hmm. them, their bio, um, like exactly what they do. I'm like, well, like I'm confused as yeah. to one, what you do, what yeah. you want out of this. Um, if they've never been interviewed ever before, or if yeah. they have and they don't send links, I'm like, you need to like reference that. Tell yeah. me what you do. Um, yeah. Stuff like that. That's the major one. If they don't have like a media kit or anything like that, I'm like red flag. Number one, yeah. they're not pitching themselves very well. The most important thing I think for people to do is research the podcast that you're pitching yourself to. <laughs> yeah. Because look, I mean, I feel like now everyone is realizing that podcasting is such a great way to get, get yourself out there. And it really is like, mm-hmm. um, for growth, expansion, reaching new audiences, but you, people now just blindly pitch themselves to all these shows. So like, Oh, they hire someone now they pay someone to just pitch them to a bunch of shows. And this person is sending them a pitch that is so not personalized and, and just a whole list of health and wellness podcasts. And I'm like, yeah, you cannot pitch to me the same way you can pitch to someone who started their podcast last week. Like it's totally different. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, for me, if I feel like someone has never even listened to my show or knows nothing about me, like at this point, I'm not at that stage in my podcast. Like this is a part, this is a big part of my business. I've been podcasting for four years. Like, uh, you can't pitch to me the same way that, yeah, <laughs> that you pitch someone who just up. started, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think one of the most important things is like when you're first starting out, pitch yourself to a show where it makes sense, like kind of, and if you've never been mm-hmm. on a podcast before, don't pitch yourself to a podcast. As, a big podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you kind of have to match that. Like if you're going on your first podcast, you're not going to go pitch yourself to Joe Rogan. Are you kidding? <laughs> Imagine. Do you know? So I think like finding podcasts that match your audience size, or like if you're a fellow podcaster, find someone who's at the same stage in the game as podcasting. Like for example, right now I get podcasters who are starting out like, do you want to do a pod swap? And I'm just like, you're past that. I, no, yeah. like you need to pod swap with somebody who has the same level of audience mm-hmm. as you, because that makes sense for both of you to collaborate and grow. Um, and like making it personal, personalized, you know, people will yeah. literally pitch me and they'll spell my name wrong. Like, that hey, is Christine. wild to me. And I'm just like, okay, no, yeah. like that's so, you know, it's like the, it's the little things that people overlook. And it's um, like, they need to bring something to the table. Yeah. Exactly. Instead of being like, obviously you're going to be doing something huge for them. Yeah. Then you'd be like, this is what I can do for your audience. And exactly. when I don't see that in an email, I'm like, yeah, what are you bringing to the table? That'll benefit this podcast and the listeners. Definitely. That's a big thing. I'm like, if it feels mm-hmm. super self-indulgent because it has to be mutual. Yeah. It has to be. I'm like, what are you offering my listeners that I haven't heard before? Mm-hmm. You know, because here's the thing. Everybody has a story. Everybody can be interesting, mm-hmm. but you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of people have really powerful stories, but like not everybody, there's not time for everybody to be on the show. So it has to be something very unique and different about you. Exactly. You know, a lot of people will pitch me and they'll say, you know, I have this crazy story of overcoming autoimmune disease, or I built this business from here to there. And I'm like, that's great and awesome and super inspiring. But like, I've also, I also know 500 other people who have done the same. Exactly. So what is it that you can offer my listeners that like, where I feel like, like I need you on the show because my listeners need to hear this. Like this is different. This is unique. Mm hmm. And if it just feels like it's it's coming from a place of I want to get myself out there, then I'm not interested. You know, I'm interested in like what if you if in you if you're saying I need your audience to hear this because this will change their lives and they haven't heard this angle before. So yeah, I think that's super important. We get a lot of podcast pitches. It's crazy. And now I told you I'm like anyone who pitches, I need to hear examples of them mm-hmm. on shows before because I've run into this a few times where I people will be really interesting and they have radio experience, TV experience, but that does not transit over to a podcast. Yeah. No, and it's, it's rough different. for me to interview and, and no one wants to listen to that. Yeah. Cause we've all heard like podcast interviews where it's just like cringy and yeah. there's like, or it's like boring yeah. and, and it doesn't like, like transfer well. And it's like, we don't have time to yeah. be wasting on that. A lot of people who have gone like the TV radio route, they're, they're really good at, at that but mm-hmm. they don't know how to be on a podcast where they share about themselves. And you can tell that they just want to pitch their, their mm-hmm. book, their, their program. Like they're just there to pitch and it's really su- surface level. And yeah, 
yeah, you know, eat unprocessed foods. And I'm like, that's not what this is about. This is right. like, what's your childhood trauma? Yeah. <laughs> like, how like can I rip you open right deep. now? <laughs> yeah. People don't want like that surface level stuff. Yeah. And I've had that conversation with guests off air. Like afterwards, they'll be like, wow, like I've never talked about that before. You like really get in there. Like, and I can tell they're kind of uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, I'll, and I'll say, I'll say, hey, you know, if you want to go this podcast circuit route, like, in this space that I'm in and like kind of like my circle of health and wellness podcast, like this is how we talk and it's very different than radio and TV. And you just kind of yeah need to be prepared for that. If this is the route you want to go. Um, and not all podcasts are the same. You know, some people are more in interviewee, mm-hmm. but anyone who listens to this show knows it's not, it's, it's fucking wellness realness, you know, exactly. <laughs> you know? So I think, yeah, podcast pitching, there's an art to the podcast pitch. Um, mm-hmm. and people like, want to have you you know people I don't know I I I think in general with business sometimes if I feel like someone has this energy to them where it's like everyone's out to get me like I have to fight I have to prove myself like that's not the energy we want here it's like absolutely not it's like fun happy like you're you're awesome I'm awesome how can we make things more awesome together those are the people most fun to listen to exactly Mm -hmm. um so and I think people also they have it they have created this story in their heads like oh, I don't have this audience. I have, don't have, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I'm not good enough. So I have to prove myself and like, kind of like really pitch and push. But I, someone's audience doesn't necessarily matter. It's like, I can tell just from talking to someone if they're different, unique, if they can have a big impact, you know? Mm-hmm. I've had pe- plenty of people on the show who aren't even on Instagram. <laughs> so true, yeah. You know? I'm just like really good in their space. Yeah, so it's about your knowledge, your expertise, your... Uh, charisma i suppose how yeah. easily can I have a conversation with you yeah can it be collaborative what are you offering my audience so yeah yeah lots of behind the scenes with with the show um and yeah so we have all this content and we started this new well i started this new instagram this super secret yes instagram super page, secret instagram page which i'm really excited about i'm like let me how can i share all the juicy details yeah so it's slow and growing so if you guys want in on the super exclusive behind the scenes content what kind of juicy details do you think you're going to share in the future on this page i don't know i'm just going to see how it how it comes up what have i shared already i've been sharing just like funny shit that comes up in my Mm -hmm. life it's just a lot more unprofessional behind the scenes um i shared a screenshot of my human design one of my sessions with kelly that was more about Mm -hmm. like love and like love and relationships and a lot of like my deeper insecurities and i felt like that was that was like a good juicy juicy thing but i'm gonna Mm -hmm. start sharing stuff about like kind of if i have conversations off air with guests or like if i have reflections on the podcast that's interesting yeah because sometimes you because i tell you you'll tell me like this is how this podcast went down yeah and it'll be like you're more real thoughts like after the after yeah. you, like debriefed from the podcast yeah um so that's interesting because obviously you don't always agree with the yeah. podcast to guest and this is a good space to share that yeah there are many times opinion. i don't agree with what the guests say but i I'm mean a, a plethora yeah mm-hmm. and sometimes if something funny or like just interesting or weird happens before or after in the conversation mm-hmm. it's interesting how sometimes people you know put on put on their radio voice for the show mm-hmm. And then might be slightly different or I think for me, hosting a podcast has been really helpful for growing my confidence when I was first starting, because when I was first Mm -hmm. starting, I had the privilege of having a lot of quote big guests when I was really small, really just because how did you get that when you were really small? Because I was working for Jordan Mm -hmm. and I mean, working for Jordan gave me so many opportunities like that I never would have gotten. And that's what it's like. Your network matters who, you know, matters. And mm-hmm. so working with Jordan, I had the privilege of being able to com- communicate with and become friends with and have people on my show that I never would have otherwise. I mean like one of mm-hmm. my first, I think my first guest was Lauren and Michael Bostick. That's insane. Yeah. Like that was, you know, like that's crazy that you got them on. Yeah. And like, like just like becoming friends with them and like getting, like I never would have gotten to know them, you know, if yeah, I didn't no. work for Jordan. Um, that was like one of the, like the bigger guests, you know, straight off the bat, it was like, I had Lauren and, uh, Lauren and Michael on. I had, who else did I have? I mean, I had Jordan on. I feel like, I mean, Nicole Kogan, uh, uh, Rachel Mansfield, like all these people straight early on who were like, had big followings that really helped me that I wouldn't have had otherwise. 
Um, Why did you start podcasting? Oh my God. It was so long ago. Well, it was so different at the beginning. At the beginning, it was like, I've always been very introspect so like email mm-hmm. introspective having all these deep thoughts and mm-hmm. like craving deep conversation and in college we would have so many late night talks like my friends and I right. yeah because it started with you and your friends yeah we like where you know we'd stay up all night just like talking about life you know like dating relationships college life like finding our purpose work mm-hmm. school like I mean, college is a super interesting liminal stage, right? And I was also going, I had gone through all these crazy health issues and I just felt like there was so much to talk about. And mm-hmm. I felt like so much conversation around me, especially with people that age is so surface. And I remember just thinking, I want to put this on a podcast. Like we would have conversations and I would say, I feel like if this was recorded, people would find this interesting. And definitely. And I was listening to podcasts and I learned, I mean, I freaking healed myself like Mm -hmm. from listening to podcasts like that was my college education I listened to hundreds of hours of health and wellness shows and but I I wasn't really listening to any I couldn't find anything that was about people my age in college so yeah I remember finding actually Dolce at the time yeah and when I was in college I think I found it through like some Instagram like someone like plugged the podcast or plugged you and then I found it oh awesome and it was like one of the first podcasts that was just like deep talks with friends yeah. and I was like whoa me and my friends do this all the time yeah and it was about the same sort of stuff it was like so relatable uh-huh. and so interesting and like the other like podcasts I listened to either at the time were either like murder podcast or like just like informational podcast mm-hmm. there was no like real talks with like real people mm-hmm. and so that's what I think captured a lot of people at first yeah too. yeah no I loved it, it was and like I felt the first like- thing like that on podcast with people our age yeah I loved like having that kind of that younger mindset and Mm -hmm. I mean with everything I do even now it's like this mixture of like like the health and wellness information because I feel like that's an important part of just everyone's Mm -hmm. life like you have to have physical wellness to have emotional that's like the most important thing yeah that's the baseline thing when it was like a mixture of that and just like girl talk and life shit Mm -hmm. and I like that blend. Like, I didn't want to be just like informational. I didn't want to just be like, yeah. Cause it's one or the other. Shit. It's yeah. like boring and it's yeah. repetitive. Yeah. Like you need to break it up. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's how it started. And then I asked my friends, I was like, I want to start this podcast. Do you want to do this? And mm-hmm. it took a little convincing with Kaylin. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, and we did it for a while and then it slowly like evolved, especially like as I graduated mm-hmm. and became more became your thing. Yeah. I rebranded it and now we're here. Now we're here. How do we, what were you talking about before? Oh, the behind the scenes. Oh yeah. Yeah. But what I was saying is that like, I think talking to so many people with so many different businesses and at the time being someone who was just starting out and realizing, wow, a lot of people don't have their shit together, you know, like, mm-hmm. Like, most people yeah most don't people don't or, like everybody has an insecurity everybody has a struggle a lot of people who like who have these public platforms we idolize and hold on a pedestal and not everybody i'm not saying this about everybody but like a lot of people like don't even have a real business like they're mm-hmm. struggling just as much as you are and i think it really leveled the playing field and, and made me feel like wow i can do anything and mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's what allowed me to build my business so quickly. Like Jordan taught me so much. Had I not had that experience with her, I wouldn't have known how to build my business. Mm -hmm. And like all the experience of handling like her partnerships, um, like that taught me so much. And then like seeing how to grow different types of businesses and it turned into like, I mean, I feel like I, I 95% 95% of the time have a conversation about business with my guests and I like see where they're mm-hmm. at. And it's usually like, you know, we're talking about that. Right. So it's just interesting to see where people are at and how you don't always know, you know? Yeah. No. So that's like most people are literally just like figuring out. So they yeah. go, they don't know. Even yeah. if they seem like they know, they don't know. No one knows <laughs> anything. No one knows. <laughs> I don't know. That was like, somebody posted in the, in the Facebook group. Did you see that? They're like, lol to this episode from like a year ago oh the first episode with dr becky campbell and i said on the podcast i was like the only thing we all know we all can agree on is that we should all eat vegetables i said something about that and then La mayo. yeah and we're like <laughs> lol and oh, then i commented have turned. yeah i commented i'm like if you learn anything anything from me learn that we all know nothing <laughs> like, we know anything we, we don't know anything. anything yeah we don't know anything so 
yeah but podcast pitches yes. join the secret exclusive it's page po- it's gonna be popping yeah it's mm-hmm. it's exciting stuff it's wellness realness crew you just have to send in your rating and review and mm-hmm. i feel like instagram's easier to keep up with anyways than facebook honestly yeah it's it's more fun too yeah facebook i go for like you know, you're contacting, keeping up with high school people. You're not like going on there for popping new stuff. So I only go on there like for a purpose. I don't just scroll. Honestly, same. I don't casually scroll. I don't think many people do our age at least like yeah, no. are scrolling through Facebook. Yeah, that's very true. Well, tell me about what's, let's talk about your business. What's going on with business? Business is fun. It's yeah. busy. Um, so I feel like I'm like at the starting points of my business and like growing it because one I still have a full-time job mm-hmm. and I'm taking on clients I'm doing like just like a hodgepodge of things to grow my business mm-hmm. and so like right now I have clients um, I also do private dinners and private events mm-hmm. and I also have products in like a local gym mm-hmm. so it's like my I have my hand in a few different things. Yeah. Well, let's break this down for people so they understand. Because we wanted to talk about, first of all, kind of being an entrepreneur and like mm-hmm. scaling business. And it's, I think it's also interesting, like being females in the space, being in our early 20s. Mm-hmm. And people, I think a lot of people don't understand how to scale. And not at all. The beautiful thing about entrepreneurship is that there is literally no cap on your income except for the cap you put place on yourself, mm-hmm. the mindset cap. And if you uh, do things the smart way or the more difficult way. So you graduated from culinary school. Yes. In December. Yes. And what, and tell, explain to people like what your thoughts are and where you want to go with your business. Like what is your big picture and what do people usually do who graduate from culinary school? So the typical route is people go work in a restaurant mm-hmm. and that's just what they do. Mm-hmm. Or they all catering, you know. And why and that, do you not want to do that? I don't want to do that because one, I like controlling like, my own <laughs> because I'm a control reality <laughs> and stuff like that. And I, I mean, it's just like, I feel like I have a bigger purpose than just working for a restaurant for the rest of my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's also like, I can't really grow in that environment and I can't grow my brand in that environment. Mm-hmm. So I think it's good. I'm like, I like doing it now for like learning purposes and like, I'm really learning a lot and doing a lot in the, in this field. Um, but people get stuck and then they, the only thing they can do is like move up slightly. You can go, you go and become a sous chef and then you can become a head chef and then that's the best you can really do. And so they're just constantly working like that for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just like not that much like purpose or passion in it. And and it's probably person to person. Like some people do want to just go work in a Michelin star restaurant. But like I want to create something more than that and be like a different kind of chef and like a different kind of company and like business okay. than just that. So like when instead when I graduated, I do have a full-time job with the purpose of I'm really passionate about the company and I'm really passionate about learning about the environment, but I also knew I'm going to be doing a ton of things on the side too, to also build myself and like learn as I go for that too. Mm -hmm. So I already have, you know, my website, my brand, and now I'm just trying to get as much experience in a hodgepodge of different things, Mm -hmm. which that differs from a lot of at least my like peers because no one else really that I know is doing that from culinary school or my field. There's kind of like sticking to the normal path. Yeah. I think a lot of people have this view where you're either an entrepreneur or you're not, you know, you have Mm -hmm. a traditional job or not, but everybody has the option to do both Yeah, because there's a lot of people look, being a full-time, like only an entrepreneur working for yourself isn't for everybody. That's totally fine. But I think there are a lot of people who love, maybe they love their nine to five and that's great. And they want to stay in it, but they also have a cap to their income. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, you also have the option to add something to, to your life where you're increasing your income even more so. And that can be a variety of ways that can be mm-hmm. building your own side brand. That could be making a podcast. That could be, um, you know, getting into real estate. That could be, I don't know, investing that could be beauty counter business that Mm -hmm. could be coaching like 
it could be anything. It could be building courses. Like there's so many different ways yeah, to scale. Have a, a bunch of different streams. Yeah. And I'm not saying everybody has to, but uh, you know, we need to get out of that victim mentality of like, I can only make this much money. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm like, this kills me. My sister, I'm a teacher. Like teachers don't make that much money. Okay. You're, you're a human. Mm-hmm. You're a human and you like to teach and you're a teacher and this is the, mm-hmm. that income there. But you also have, like and a whole summer off. Summer. Oh, exactly. <laughs> what are you and doing during that time? Like, I know they do do work, you know, but yeah. it's like, she has plenty of hours. Like I look at mm-hmm. her days and my days. And I'm like, if you, if you really did want to make more money, you absolutely could. Mm-hmm. And like, you can't just be a victim and say, this is my job. And this is the cap. Like you are a human. You have the choice to yeah. also add yeah. something as well, you know? Mm-hmm. And that could be in all different types of fields. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I hate the excuse of like, Oh, I don't have enough time. Yeah. Like, no, Girl. you make time. <laughs> oh, Beyonce goodness. has the same number of hours in a day as you do. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Yeah. You, yeah, you make time. And I mean, you're doing a lot right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm basically working seven days a week, but yeah. my side projects are my passion. So it's like, it's fun and yeah. it gives me energy. It's not like something that brings me down. Like I could have gotten a second job mm-hmm. as another income, but I was like, no, that wouldn't like bring me joy or um, yeah. energize me. Well, and that's the key, right? People will get second jobs mm-hmm. uh, and they'll just pick something that they feel like this will, I know will get, make me money. And then it just brings down their energy and Absolutely. all over. It's, it's like, pick something that you're super excited about mm-hmm. so that you want to keep doing it. Exactly. Because if you have to work seven days a week or like 15 hour days, like it, it won't feel like work if you actually love it. Yeah. No. You know? Mm-hmm. So you, uh, let's explain to people, you work for model meals. Mm-hmm. It's a day job. Mm-hmm. takes up a lot of time and then Definitely. outside of that what are you working on so i have probably like four different things i work on so one i work with you mm-hmm. which i love and then another thing i work on is i have private meal service clients that i prep food for them every week mm-hmm. and then the like third thing i do is like private events private dinners stuff like that mm-hmm. fourth thing i probably do is oh what was i gonna say well, I have my website, obviously, a yeah. website and that brand. So that's a whole other thing, too. Mm-hmm. Recipe development with that. I have, like, a few different recipe development streams, too, that I like to work on and all of that. And then also now I have products in a local gym. So, like, mm-hmm. building my brand and products like that. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, four to five other just, like, side things. It's, like, I have to stay hyper-organized. Yeah, that's a lot figuring of Figuring that out, yeah. But you, I think it's helpful for people to understand, like, so those, all those things though, you're doing a lot of those to make the money and cause you enjoy it, mm-hmm. but you can't scale all of those. Correct. You can't scale. All I those. can, I have a cap with what I can scale with yeah. that. Yeah. And it's important for people to know that when they go into a side hustle, because if you want your income to really actually grow, like is what you're doing scalable, you know, mm-hmm. like for you, like for example, having the clients, like meal prepping for clients can only like there's a cap on that i literally have a cap right yeah, now because i can't do cap. more yeah mm-hmm. there's a time cap on cooking for people mm-hmm. there are very there are ways you could just like for nutrition clients or training like people can definitely expand that but like yeah because you physically have to it's your time it's basically it's time yeah yeah and space to storage yeah so, so what what do you want how are you gonna how are you gonna scale your business that's a great question. That's what I'm working on right now is like what I want to do to scale. Well, you know what you're going to do. Yeah. But what it's is constantly it? working on. I want, well, I want to scale my brand. Uh-huh. Um, I want to scale more like connections with you. We're working mm-hmm. on some projects that I think are going to be big and really mm-hmm. exciting. Mm-hmm. So that's the major next step in like the present moment. Yeah. Well, I want to point that out because I think yeah. it's like, so people understand the different ways to scale. Like mm-hmm. you're ba- essentially scaling like through me mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much, you know? So it's like, because I think people have a really narrow view of how they get there. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was like for me, me working for Jordan was a path to scaling, yeah. you know, or like working with a business coach is a path to scaling, being in the right community, joining a network. Mm-hmm. Um, those are different ways to scale. And sometimes joining someone's team is a, Definitely. Is, is a way. I just feel like a lot of people 
you, do you understand what I'm saying? It's very yeah. narrow-minded. And it's they, very. They don't see all those different And it's companies. also they're afraid to invest in themselves so yeah. then nothing grows. Mm. Like, I'm not afraid to invest in myself. You're not afraid to invest mm-hmm. in yourself. And that's when we see growth is when, when we do that. Yeah. Have you ever been afraid to invest in yourself? I've never been afraid to invest in myself. Um, it's probably like, you know, monetarily it's scary. Mm-hmm. But like... If I, like, for example, the huge investment in myself was going to culinary school mm-hmm. and yeah, it put me in a lot of debt, but I also wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. If I didn't do that, I know it's going to pay off. Mm-hmm. So it's like stuff like that. Yeah. I know is going to pay off and it's going to be okay. Um, so investing in that, investing in my brand um, and what I do, I've never been afraid to do that. Why do you think that is? Because you know, I have confidence in myself and I have confidence in what I'm going to do. Yeah. And so I know if I invest now, I, it's going to pay off later. But also like what, what model did your parents set for you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, they've always had conventional jobs. Mm-hmm. So investing for them was just very different. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to have like these different streams of revenue or stuff like that. So they did do investments in themselves and in their business and stuff more. So like my mom, like recently she got like real estate license and stuff like that. So she invested a lot of her money into, um, you know, office space, like building her, her brand with that. So like seeing stuff like that, but they also had very conventional jobs and kind of stuck to it. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of all new to me and I was very much figuring it out as I go. And same with my sisters, they both have conventional jobs. So I never saw that of like, Oh, I'm starting my own business. What about with little things though, in terms of your health or wanting to do things? Mm -hmm. Because I think this is something for me, I think a big reason why I don't think twice about investing in myself is first of all, getting so sick and realizing like I was, Mm going to die unless I did this and then like seeing the outcome. But also I, my parents, you know, if there was ever something related to my health or just like, like they would never question like, yeah, we'll Mm -hmm. make it happen. Like when I was little growing up, you know, it was like, Hey, you have this issue. And I'm like, I need, I need this help. It was, you know, Mm -hmm. I never, I never was told, no, you can't have that. And like, that's a privilege. That's a privilege. But that's what helps build a, a money investment mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not restrictive. Yeah. yeah. My parents were the same way. If I ever wanted to do something sports, mm-hmm. wanted to do like a new league or something like that, they're always like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I don't even know how they did it half the time. I was very like mm-hmm. high and like high elite volleyball player. And they are mm-hmm. probably paying thousands and thousands of dollars a yeah. year to invest in me to do that. Yeah. Um, but then the outcome to that was one it like shaped me as a person. I got yeah. a free college yeah. and it like kind of changed like who I was. Yeah. So it was an investment and they didn't never questioned it. So that was definitely a huge like example with that. Yeah. That yeah. they weren't afraid to do it even if they didn't have, they, I don't I really don't know where they found the money to do it, but they found it. Yeah. My parents scaled with real estate. Like they mm-hmm. started just getting into real estate. I think that that helped a lot. But mm-hmm. I mean, I think both of us are really fortunate and privileged to have had that experience with people who, who didn't have that experience. It's really helpful to just reflect on that and realize like that was just a story that I created because of the way I grew up. It wasn't wrong or right, but like, mm-hmm. that's hey, not now, the way you yeah, need to now live adult, the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to do that forever. Like now as an adult, I understand that I have to invest in myself to get more back. It's like that be your health, your business. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize with business is people don't really it's most people don't grow and scale and expand without having invested in yeah in some type of coach or program or mastermind or something Mm -hmm. and it's like something that people don't don't really talk about um or some amount of crazy time you know right like for example for me before I made any financial investments in my business I was investing time through working for Jordan because I wasn't mm-hmm. paid um, mm-hmm. for most of that. Um, but that was well worth it. That was like me investing like all of my energy into that to build connections right. and learn. I was learning from her how to build a business. She yeah. taught me everything. Um, so I think there are different ways to invest. Definitely. So speaking of investments, you know what? One of the most important investments everybody should make is in blue blockers yeah <laughs> blue blocks that's today's podcast sponsor. invest in your health your I, eye health yeah it is so crazy to me how big a difference it makes because especially these last couple of weeks 
I've been on the my I've been glued to my computer. Luckily. I told you I wake up at six a.m. and I'm mm-hmm. like glued to my computer until ten p.m. because I'm trying to hustle and get all this stuff out. And when I don't wear my glasses, I have such a bad headache and I get so cranky mm-hmm. and I just feel like crap. And it you don't realize it until you use them for a while and take them off. So mm-hmm. I wear the blue light during the day, which are the clear ones. And I wear the crystal lens. They're over there. Yeah, um, I really like those. Yeah. And then the sleep plus lenses are the red lenses mm-hmm. at night. Mm-hmm. Have you felt the comparison between the orange and red lens? No, I've only ever done um, clear lenses. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So you're missing out. So you for sure need the sleep plus red lenses. I know. Because especially I, I come home from work and I'm on my computer yeah. the rest of the night. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah. That's not good for your sleep. For De- sure. Definitely not. Yeah. And I... It, it messes up my sleep big time. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even notice the dip. Like I don't notice it until I'm wearing them for a few nights and then I take it off. Right. But I highly recommend. And a lot of people ask me about, they're like, Oh, I have the orange ones and I, I notice a benefit. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. It's a little bit of an improvement, but you're still, there's still a big spectrum yeah. of the blue and like a big part of the blue and green spectrum that you're not blocking and you're not getting the full benefits. And it's interesting because Andy, the founder of blue box like when he talks to me about the science he he's like literally if you're not blocking the full spectrum there's kind of no point like right at the end of the day so that's very interesting for me to think about Mm -hmm. so i highly recommend everybody gets their hands on these and the remedy sleep mask which i really need to block out my room is really light your room is bright yeah it's bright so that blocks out everything and it has like cups over your eyes so it's not it's not pressing against your eyes which can cause problems so that's amazing and i love that they they donate a pair of reading glasses to restoring vision for every pair they they sell so if you want to get some real blue blockers go to blueblocks.com that's b-l-u-b-l-o-x.com and use my code wellness w-e-l-l-n-e-s-s for 15 percent off my favorite frames from blue blocks for the sleep plus are the parker frames those are my favorite too they they're super cute i really like them but they have like 20 different frames that are great mm-hmm. but yeah you can find all of them at blueblocks.com again that's b-l-u-b-l-o-x.com and my code wellness w-e-l-l-n-e-s-s will get you 15 percent off so those are needed for computer work which is basically which is every, like almost everyone we're doing right now. Yeah. Computer. What do you feel like right now is your biggest block with business? Um, probably scaling. Yeah. Scaling's the hardest thing, but as you know, as we've discussed, mm-hmm. we're, I'm working on that yeah. and we're working on that. So why is it hard though? It's hard, probably creative wise, um, especially for a chef. Because mm-hmm. usually, you know, a chef is making physical things and you can't really scale. You can only scale that so much. And so I'm having to think of things outside the box mm-hmm. that still has to do with my career and my skill sets that I can scale. You know what I think the hardest part for you is? What? Is patience. Do you think? <laughs> Why do you think that? Because I think you know that you're, you know how to oh, scale yeah, and no. you know what you're doing and you have the plan and you know, but it's just like that things are, they take time. And mm-hmm. I get it. You mm-hmm. know, I get it. I remember for so long working, doing all this stuff, being like, why am I working my ass off? Like, it's so true. And you, you're like, when is it coming? Like, when is this coming? Mm-hmm. And then we talked about this the, a lot last yeah, night. You put in the years and all of a sudden, like, it just all comes. Yeah. You know, but it's like trusting that it's all going to work out. And the patience is the, is a hard part. It's, it's a hard part of it because for people who are used to instant gratification or, you know, mm-hmm. if you go to, if you work for a nine to five where, okay, I work for eight hours today, I get paid. It's very different as an entrepreneur. It's very true. You know, you have to put in a lot of work, just like trusting that in the future, it's going to pay off. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like building any type of brand or I see people on Instagram with podcasts and they, have done two episodes and they're like, where are my sponsors? I'm like, it doesn't work like that. (laughs) I podcasted for like two years before I ever got a sponsor. Yeah, exactly. So, and I think like, I definitely sense that from you. Like, yeah, no, you're just anxious and you're stressed out about it. I'm like, why are you stressed out? You know, it's going to happen. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, that's definitely probably the main thing. We talked about this a lot last night. Cause I was just like, I'm sometimes so frustrated. Um, and then I, I know, I know like mm-hmm. logically I'm like, I need to be patient mm-hmm. and like your work, I'm working my ass off. I know it's going to pay off. Mm-hmm. And like deep down I can like feel this is the right thing that I'm doing, but it's still like, Oh my gosh, like why am I not getting more of this or like yeah. all of this? So That's... it's definitely like knowing you're on the right route and like you're working really hard and it's going to pay off. Yeah. 
that's like I think the patience is a big factor. People yeah. are really, really impatient, but mm-hmm. that's just kind of the the name of the game. And my yeah. only pe- so only certain people can handle it. You know, other people yeah. like really need that security every week, every month, and it doesn't always work out that way. But it's mm-hmm. like big risk, big reward. Exactly. It's also like I had to realize I'm 25. Like I'm yeah. young, and yeah. a lot of people aren't even like in this place where they're like building themselves like this Mm -hmm. so i have to keep that into perspective too that a lot of people aren't even like stable in their careers until their 30s yeah so that's very true like i'm gonna the 20s is for like you're gonna be hustling (laughs) that's something that i definitely struggled with a lot it's like when i was 22 i was comparing myself to people who are almost 40 i'm like yeah why is my business not here yet i'm like oh my god they've been doing this shit for 15 years like and i hate to say it but sometimes like it it uh, it's time. It, sometimes it is time. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to put in the time and like it pays off. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, in a regular a quote, regular job, you know, when you've been working somewhere for X amount of years, you have more authority, you know, you yeah, get perks you just work because you've been there. You have to be time there. Yeah. yeah. So I think it is interesting being 24, 25 yeah. in this space. How does that make you feel? Uh, I think, I mean, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. But it's also, yeah, you have to not compare. Because I have trouble sometimes where I'm like looking left and right. And I'm like, oh, well, this person's this far. Mm-hmm. Or this person's this far. Why am I not this far yet? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, you have different paths. And you can't. You have to keep on your blinders. And that's a big thing, too. Yeah. It's just like staying in your lane, especially when my lane's completely different. And then I start to compare to someone else in, mm-hmm. the sa- in my industry. And I'm like, wait, I don't want to be where they're at. Why am I yeah. comparing myself to them? Yeah. How is your age compared to the other people in your in culinary school? Are other people your it's age? It's about average. There's some okay. some classes that were younger, like twenty twos, mm-hmm. um, but my class was like an older class, and our median was probably twenty five. So okay. that's fairly normal. Yeah. What about a model meals? Oh, it's all over the place. All over the place. Um, I feel like I'm young. I'm young at model meals, mm. depending on like the department. Like I'm more of a lead, so I'm pretty young for that yeah um there's a few people in the 30s the higher ups are like late 30s mm-hmm. 40s we're a pretty young company i guess um so but i'm on the slightly younger end yeah i think it's interesting being i love it I lo- i've too. always loved being on the young side mm-hmm. like especially when i started this like when i was like 22 people would be like oh my god you're 22 yeah and i'm like it surprises yeah. people yeah no, yeah, it's funny. I was even talking about literally yesterday with my coworker. I was like asking him how old he was because I forgot. And he was like, how old are you? Like 28? And I was like, no. Yeah. And he was like, oh my God, you're a kid. And I was like, I guess. It's funny when people say that to me though because it's always like an insecurity thing. It's like mm-hmm. shock. And I'm like, sorry that you couldn't, that you weren't fucking ambitious yeah. when you are my age. Like Exactly. I think like age is just a number. Mm-hmm. Maturity can come at any age, I think. Like, mm-hmm. and it's just limiting beliefs. I'm like, I'm no different than anyone else. Right. You know, um, as people feel like a little threatened too, like, especially when you have success and you're younger and even being a female and you're successful and younger, yeah, it's threatening to some people. Yeah. I've definitely gotten that before. Like people are like intimidated. So they naturally just like, will like be against me just because like I've done so much and I'm doing so much that they'll either like be like, against your ways of like how you're going about it yeah. i'm sure you've gotten this before as the way you've grown your like brand and stuff mm-hmm. that people are like oh like that's not the right way to do it and like yeah you shouldn't respect that way cause it's different yeah i totally i get that in so many it shows up mm-hmm. in so many ways i think mm-hmm. first of all it shows with a lot of family resistance like when people in my larger family network or family friends i feel this resistance with what i'm doing and i'm just thinking this is literally projecting the fact that you don't have enough confidence to have done this at, yeah. at my age. You know, people who are confident are really excited for me. They're like, this is so cool. Like, sh- like share more with me. Um, and then friends, it's like friends my age who are super resistant and like hate what I do. It's just like, you, you could do this too. You're just choosing not to. It's just yeah. you feeling like you'd be too afraid to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people in the industry who worked their asses off to get a certain place and spent x amount of years and are older and feel Mm -hmm. like 
you know, I'm 40 now and now I get to reap all these benefits and they're like bitter for people who are figuring out smarter, faster ways yeah. to get it done when they're younger. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's really interesting, like hearing people's diff- like business advice and how they act like it's so cookie cutter and like, mm-hmm. you have to follow these steps. This is what got me this way, like where I am. I'm like, yeah, it did. But also that doesn't mean it's the only way or that doesn't mean it's the fastest way or the best way or the most aligned way. Yeah, exactly. You know? So I feel like that shows up in a lot of places. But so many places. The female part's interesting too. Yeah. I mean, especially a young female like having their own business, that's not common. Yeah. And it's more common today, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's still like kind of shocking sometimes when you go to someone and you're like, Yeah, I have my business and I'm this age and mm-hmm. it's intimidating. Yeah. <sighs> I feel like it's I don't know. I think it's exciting to just prove everybody wrong. And I love it. Yeah. I think for a lot of women talking to so many other coaches or people in health and wellness space for women, like so many people have it. Like, I'm like, you could do whatever you want. You have everything. Mm -hmm. It's literally just their own confidence Mm -hmm. because it's this cultural subconscious thing where women feel guilty to receive money. They feel guilty to expand and it's like they don't even realize it's their own limiting belief. Like yeah. for almost everybody, it's 80% is just their mindset and like being scared to fully step in and being scared to ask for what they deserve. Mm-hmm. And I think also the guilt, the most, the emotional side plays into it. I mean, we've, I've been dealing with this too. Like, it's not like I just do everything. I'm never afraid or I never feel scared or like mm-hmm. I just keep going and have to read like, Sometimes have to fake it till you make it. Yeah, you well, make it's not even it. faking it. It's just like feeling it and being like, I have to just keep going. And like, mm-hmm. what's the most aligned thing? What's like for my highest good and everyone else's highest good? And like, mm-hmm. like this pivot isn't. It's like so exciting, give me energy, but also there's been like shitty parts. Like, the, yeah, all, it's hard. all this morning I was like fucking wreck. Like, mm-hmm. because it sucks. Certain parts of it, because you always feel like you're letting someone down, but. Uh, but so, it's also you have to do what's best for you and yeah. your business yeah no matter like who you're letting down yeah and i think a lot of women like run into that with scaling it's like they feel guilty because, mm-hmm. about someone like oh i don't want to do that to someone else it's always thinking about what's happening to someone else or within themselves like i don't it's the thing about a man thing. doing that yeah like, they would never think twice yeah. and they also would not get any like shit for it yeah they wouldn't exactly they would get praise for it yeah like but if we if a woman does it, it's like, oh, she's being a bitch. Yeah, she's being a bitch. And also, like, I think we just feel it. Well, I feel it more. You seem to not give yeah. a shit. <laughs> I, I have a very masculine mentality with that. I think it's just like a more masculine um, energy Yeah. Um, where I'm just like kind of savage and will be like, no. Yeah. Like, I can. I have no problem with saying no. Yeah. Like, I, what basically right now, like in this transition, like stopping seeing all nutrition clients mm-hmm. and moving all into business clients. It's like, I know this is like what I need to do and it's best for everybody's good. But like not all of my, look, none of my nutrition clients were in packages. Mm-hmm. It was just one off appointments. And I had just like, you have to stop seeing people at some point. Right. Mm-hmm. And I talked to like two different business coaches about this and like, you know, you really need to do this and like talking me through it. And not everybody is happy about that. And I feel really conflicted because I remember being in that place where it's like, I I get it. Like you've been to so many different doctors and Mm -hmm. practitioners. You need this person to see it through. But at the same time, I need to refer you to someone who can be all in with you. Yeah. And like, give and they're not going to get the benefit if you're only giving half of it. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm not all in and also I have to think about what's for like my greater good. And it's like, I'm readjusting my time because i'm making all of these resources that will help so many people like with all of these courses they'll help so many more people i can help you know a certain number of people here or like Mm -hmm. potentially it's not scalable yeah it's not scalable and like at some point you have to have that growing pain and i think a lot of people deal with this when raising their prices too like i remember Mm -hmm. last time when i had to raise my prices um or i've had to do this before and it fucking sucks and part of me is like Mm -hmm. like no like just keep seeing them like you know you want you like give into the guilt trip, but then yeah. you have to think about what's for their greatest good. It's not to give them a half-assed version of myself. Mm-hmm. And it's also to be the example. It's also to be the example of like, I have to follow what's in alignment for me the same way. Like I would only teach you to follow what's in alignment for you. And like, yeah. I liked what you did earlier. You kind of reflected, you were upset over this obviously, yeah. 
but then you were like, what would I tell someone else Yeah, in this situation? And you're like, yeah. I would do A, B, and C. And like my guilt wants me to do something else, but I can't do that. Yeah. It's also, so it's kind of like removing yeah. yourself, like your emotions from the situation yeah. and giving it that perspective and looking down and be like, okay, well, this is what I need to do. This yeah. is what I would tell someone else to do. Yeah. And that's why it's so helpful to have like a coach, like, like, yeah. you know, and it was like when I was making this pivot, I talked to a coach and she was like, you literally need to stop everything just over Like you just mm-hmm. need to do it. Um, and like, I'm like, okay. And then like, now I'm in it. And I, I know I hate for people to think. I mean, it's very emotional for me. Like, I don't want to let anyone mm-hmm. down, but at the same time, like, I'm letting other people down if I'm not stepping into, like, my power and where I need to be. Because, yeah. like, that's creating the space for other people to do the same. And I think it's also part of, like, a growing lesson on the other side where sometimes it's painful to experience that, but... It's a necessity. They'll remember that lesson in the future when they need to make a, a similar decision. Mm-hmm. And also, like, it's not about them. Like that choice isn't about them. And I'm like, yeah, I want you to work with this person who will be able to hundred percent focus on you and like do a much better job than I can. And that's the thing that you were doing that I like very much liked. Like you recommended someone who would do a better job. Exactly. It's not like you were just like shoving it off to a random person. You're like, no, like I highly recommend this person. Yeah. I worked with her. She does things better. Yeah. Anyone I refer to, I'm like, I'm talking to them. I'm kind of overseeing in the background and making sure it's going how I want it to go. Mm -hmm. But like, I want, the client to get the best results. And I'm like, you're not mm-hmm. going to get your best results working with me right now because I'm not all the way in this. Like mm-hmm. my business is shifting and like, I need to, that's what I really like about you. Um, you've always, like I really commend that you've always have like your clients like first, like put them first. Thank you. And that's what, even in the past few days when you were going through that struggle and I can mm-hmm. visibly see how upset you were, mm-hmm. you were always just like, what's best for them though. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's what the side that people don't get to see. Yeah. As like, they might see this as like a selfish thing or like a selfish move, but they're also like not seeing the fact that you're doing this because it's also best for them. And like, you can't put in the effort that they need for the outcomes that they need. Yeah. I think it's also, no, I appreciate that. And Mm -hmm. I remember like when I was going through all this, like when I was like my gut was not working. Right. I'm seeing mm-hmm. these different nutritionists. I finally found someone who like I loved, she was great. And we had like three sessions together and I was like, so hopeful. And then she had to stop seeing me. Mm-hmm. Um, she was moving and she's like, I can't, this is all in person people. Right. And, yeah. and I, I was like, okay. And she referred me to, she had two different people who I, I tried the first and I couldn't get in to see her. So I tried the second and I switched practitioners. Mm-hmm. And at the time, like it's interesting because I actually wasn't upset. Like I was more nervous, but it, mm-hmm. I, I just remember thinking like, okay, well, okay, I have to switch. And so then I switched practitioners and it ended up being like that practitioner. Like, like she was like the one, Yeah, you know? And at first I thought the first one was the one mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, it was really sad to switch because I love them both, but like she helped me so much. And then actually something similar happened to her, Bonnie, like, mm-hmm. well, not similar, actually. It's really sad. Like she, she totally got me through like saving my life. Like she was the one who was with me when I went from, like I brought her all the stuff about paleo, blah, blah, blah. And she, mm-hmm. we changed my diet in that way. And then I started putting on weight again and she got me like through that hump and I was still working through all my digestive shit and other stuff like I mean I still wasn't up to a normal weight yet but she got me through the worst of it mm-hmm. and she had to stop seeing clients because she was diagnosed with cancer oh wow um and and I didn't find that out until after you know but she mm-hmm. had to stop seeing clients and I was just like okay now I need to go find someone else and then I bounced from a few different people and eventually found Dr. Lakos um so it like pushed me to get a higher level of care that I needed mm-hmm. that I didn't know at the time and but yeah it's like I definitely experienced bouncing around with people even with people you know it's like Mm -hmm. but we have to realize that it's part of the path for a reason yeah it's so cheesy but I'm a strong believer of like you know everything happens for a reason and that's just on your path to get Mm -hmm. to the next thing yeah and I think when things happen like that we can be a victim or we can step into it and be like this is leading somewhere else like yeah yeah the universe is making this my path for some reason so maybe I'm like meant to find you know, and yeah. I'm just the kind of person where like, I'm, if I'm not a hundred percent, 150% into something, like, I feel like it's not fair. 
to that person. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if my head is cluttered with all this other stuff, like I can't be there fully for you right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean the, this, that's hard. It's that's really hard. hard. Yeah. Like, and I feel like it helps me to talk about it because I think people just think I'm sometimes just think I'm this cold hearted bitch and I make decisions mm-hmm. and I don't care, but it's, it's like, no, I really the case. fucking feel guilty all the time. But I also have to think about like, what, what is, what is the, what is the highest level move like on for everyone? Yeah. You know, what's the best move for everybody? Like thinking about my highest good, their highest good. And it's not to shrink down and do things out of a place of fear or guilt. Yeah. It's to do like what we need to do. And that's a, that's the growing pain of scaling any business. I think anyone mm-hmm. who scales, like everyone goes through it. Yeah. Like if you have to raise your prices, if you have to pivot and see different type of clients, like if you mm-hmm. have to move, we have to, if you have to go from seeing people in person to online, um, it's the growing pain and it can yeah. be, it can be difficult, but also, but also the people who really understand that, like fully embrace it. You mm-hmm. know, there's different responses from different people and it's so much reflects like what they're going through. And, uh, I think anyone also who's working with someone needs to realize like, they're not your magic pill. Like no, they're no. a coach. Like they're there to help you figure out within yourself what you need, mm-hmm. you know, and like help you find the answers within yourself. Like they're not there to do all the work for you. Yeah. That's and, what people get confused. Like yeah. you have to do most of the work still. Yeah, they're exactly. there to guide you and help you. Yeah. But they're not, you know, you're yeah. salute. They're not this magic pill. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people, it's like they put all of their hope into somebody else mm-hmm. and it's really helpful. Like you do need to invest in people and have guidance, but like they're not, they can't do everything for you. Yeah. Um, and it's not like, you know, if you switch practitioners at your back to ground zero, you've learned so much, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So I don't know. That part has been really hard for me. Yeah. I feel awful because I, lo- I love all my clients so much, but also like, yeah, like you get super connected. So it's yeah. really hard. There's a bigger picture. You know, you can't help more people mm-hmm. unless you like continue to scale and grow and like make the changes that are in alignment. And like, mm-hmm. I think people don't also know what's on what's behind the scenes. And also like as a woman fighting this urge to always explain. And it's yeah. like, it's like, you don't need to, I don't have explain to justify or, be sorry. or explain anything to anyone i really mm-hmm. don't and that's hard for people to hear understand but like i literally don't don't owe anybody in this world any explanation or justification for mm-hmm. what i do like it's my life exactly and that's like really hard i think for anyone to step into in the moment i mean i don't know do you ever feel like that i feel like you don't because you just i really don't yeah it's crazy <laughs> i don't know why um my, my dad when i was a girl always was like you need to be more empathetic empathetic i am empathetic about certain situations but if it's like business and stuff like that Mm -hmm. i will be like i can be more cut and dry yeah and not be emotionally attached to it because i know like i have to put myself first yeah like and that's happened a lot recently too like people will come with me with who wants to wants to be a client of mine and i just have to be cut there and be like no i can't do that (laughs) like like when would you not want to be a client like when do you not want them to be your client um it depends like if they're asking for certain things that i just like don't align with me or what I do. Like I have a lot of people coming for meal prep that want like vegan meal prep, which is fine. But like, they want like stuff like I just like don't want to cook and I, it's yeah. not aligned with my beliefs and I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. And so I was just happen to be like, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And you know, it could bring me a lot of money and stuff, but I'm just like, mm-hmm. it's not what's going to move me forward and what I want to do. So yeah. it's just not going to happen. And yeah. it's stuff like that. Or like just saying, I say no a lot and I'm, mm-hmm. I don't feel ever sorry for saying no. Oh, you should never feel sorry yeah. for saying no. There's power in that. And that's also mm-hmm. why like you attract in the right stuff because you have that right. mindset. And so many people who are offering a service don't understand the importance of like, it's not just like your client wants to work with you. Great. It's like, mm-hmm. are you a good fit for me as a practitioner? Yeah, exactly. Like, like or, or like as a I'm chef. I'm not just going to take on yeah, anyone. Yeah. It's not just like them choosing you. It's you choosing them mm-hmm. as well. And it's also like when, when you do that, you're going to attract the right mm-hmm. people and the right like customers and stuff. Like this gym I'm working with now, I don't even know how I attracted it. They literally came out of the blue to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is like amazing. Like yeah. something I've like always wanted to do. And it was just like, because I've like turned on other opportunities I was able to like open that into my life and I was like so when you like 
do that you're on the right path the, uh, things like that will open up yeah definitely that's magnetism that's manifesting. yeah it was straight up manifesting yeah. i still don't know how how or when they like came to me but they just did yeah it was crazy and i think something like so many women it's just like if you stop saying sorry if you stop saying sorry that changes so much of what you can attract in because mm-hmm. the thing i love about you and aaron is you know when the things go wrong we don't say like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, and justify and explain. It's like, Oh, okay. We fix it. Yeah. It's like, we fix it. And we're like, okay, next time we won't do that. And mm-hmm. you move on. But like this, sorry stuff. That's my, honestly, one of my yeah. biggest pet peeves. Yeah. When friends say like that to me, I'm just like, you have to stop saying yeah. sorry. I yeah. can't even deal with it. Yeah. And like, oh, look, if you fuck up in life, like if you hurt someone's feelings, you should like, say sorry. it's good to say sorry. We're not saying never say sorry, but people say sorry all the time. Like, unnecessarily yeah like they make an honest mistake or error like and they're just like oh like i don't care about the sorry part i mm-hmm. care about like next time this isn't i'm gonna f- fix this or adjust this yeah you know especially as women it's interesting because i feel like we're like you're ingrained yeah. to do it and i still have problems in some departments of my life where i do that like mm-hmm. uh, the other day for example like my boyfriend and i got not even a fight but it was just like a, a disagreement mm-hmm. and i ended up saying like sorry and he was like why are you sorry and i was like i don't no, yeah. I was like, I'm not sorry. Yeah, I'm not and I was like, then sorry. don't say sorry. And yeah. I was like, you're right. And I was just like, you have to be able to do that in all departments of your life too. Were you sorry just to appease people, you know? Yeah. Or like I... Or should I just like mitigate the issue? Yeah, one of my biggest pet peeves is when I'm email like some, we're emailing some with someone mm-hmm. and they haven't responded to me in like three or four days and they respond and they go, sorry, I was out doing X, Y, and yeah. Z. And I'm like, excuse me, please do not apologize. It's been three fucking days. Like... I don't need an explanation. Yeah, I don't need any explanation. Just respond Mm -hmm. when you're back. You know, some people don't respond for two weeks, you know? I'm fine with that. Yeah, and that's honestly a good good sign because you're doing shit. Yeah, you're busy. Um, Yeah, but it's like, stop apologizing for all these things that you don't need to apologize for. Like, are you really sorry? So No, you're busy. It's fine. Yeah. You know, I hate that when people, yeah, email me, text me. So sorry I didn't respond in like an hour. I have friends that will be like, I'm sorry it took so long to respond and it's been like three hours and sometimes I'm like, I don't respond for like three days. I know. Like I we'll, know. we'll text back and forth yeah. and sometimes we don't respond for days and we never are like, I'm so sorry, I'm so busy. I know. Well, I think also it's just a difference in when you have different jobs or lifestyles, I guess. Mm-hmm. For example, most of my friends were all the kind of people where we we talk to each other or like Voxer or text mm-hmm. and you don't hear from someone for like a week and it's, I don't, I don't notice. Like I don't think yeah. twice about it. So she's like, Oh, we're busy. Yeah. Or even I was talking to someone else about this, hanging out with friends. I mean, my closest friends, I'm, I don't see anyone every week or every day. It's we like see each other once, once a, a month. month. Yeah. <laughs> and for a lot of my friends, I see them like once every like four or five months, yeah. but I don't think about that. And that doesn't make our relationship any weaker. Mm. It's just everybody's doing things. Yeah. You, and, have a, you have a busy life. Yeah. Yeah. Or the other day, someone, someone texted me and I looked at it and I forgot to respond. I'm literally the worst at text messages mm-hmm. because I see them and I open them and then I have to get back to whatever I'm doing and then I forget. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she responded like two days later and she's like, Hey, I just want to make sure you're okay. You responded to me. And I'm like, Oh man, like, oh, I like, just forgot. Yeah. Oh, that's so busy. Yeah. Well, yeah. She also sent me like five paragraph long texts and I was like, oh, I can't do it. That's yeah. Can't it. I can't do novels. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think that's what helps with having, Someone recently told me this. They're like, you know, I never realized that other people who are entrepreneurs, when you hang out with other entrepreneurs, they understand that you're not available all the time. Yeah. No, it's like people in the entrepreneur space get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then other people, like I have some friends will be like, oh, we haven't seen each other in a while. And they're just like, you know, yeah, I'm busy. Yeah. Well, it's like when people text me and ask if I'm free, like, hey, are you free this week? I'm like, uh no like <laughs> i'm booked out till june yeah like <laughs> kaylee and i always joke about this because when we make plans to hang out like kaylee lives seven minutes away from me okay mm-hmm. she's one of my best friends whenever we make plans it's always like a month in advance we put do a google calendar like yeah we share a calendar yeah but like we just did this to book our hangouts till literally june i know i know and we literally just did this and we're like okay yeah cool you have to do that. I know. Well, even with my boyfriend, when we're planning out when we're going to hang out, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, what are you doing next week? Like, we're planning everything out in advance and, like, I'm putting it in my calendar. We are. We do. <laughs> my boyfriend and I, we do share. Like, if it's like yeah. we have to make plans for them, we do shared yeah. Google Calendar. Yeah. So, events. it's so, sometimes my sister will text me and she'll be like, hey, can you talk right now? 
and I just laugh. I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> that's funny. It. Can't do it. But yeah, entrepreneurial life. Well, for everyone listening, main takeaways. Don't say sorry for things you don't need to apologize for. Sometimes scaling and growing is painful. Gotta invest in yourself. You gotta do it. Gotta invest in yourself. Don't second guess it. And yeah, patience. I don't. Yeah, be patient. And I don't remember what else we talked about. Those are definitely the main things. Yeah. So hopefully those were interesting. Yeah. So Kelly and I are recording podcasts every month together now. So if you have any topics you would like, please send them in. About let us know follow the secret group yeah follow the podcast instagram yeah all the instagrams kelly's kelly runs kelly runs Mm -hmm. wellness wellness podcast that instagram Mm -hmm. so i told her she can start posting embarrassing things about me and i will i'm excited to see (laughs) okay share with everyone what's one thing about me they should know if they don't know like a secret thing yeah um you eat a lot of the times you eat on the ground Oh, isn't that weird? <laughs> the first time she did this, like when we first became friends, I was like, what? And I always sit at a table, like very proper. I always do. And she's ground. always on the ground. And I'm like, this is so weird. It helps get me into parasympathetic state so I can yeah. digest. Except now I really enjoy doing it. Yeah. See, now you see the benefits. Uh-huh. It feels more like homey grounded. It's really nice. Yeah. So I feel. It's very strange. But so. before I was always just, you know, very proper. Pro but. tip, eat on the ground things you can do change it up when you're an entrepreneur (laughs) Mm -hmm. things you do Uh, all right well thanks for tuning in guys make sure you join our secret instagram page or i guess request to follow Mm -hmm. send in a screenshot of your itunes rating and you can find more from kelly at kelly's clean kitchen Mm -hmm. check out her new protein balls at her gym that she's associated with yeah she'll give you all the details on her ig and that's gonna be it for today's show so hope you have an rest of your day and we'll chat with you again next time bye, bye.